Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. This is the weekend edition. I want to get in on the uh, this Brittany Griner uh, trade, which, you know, we wound up on the short end of the stick, as always, when you have Democrats running things. Joe Biden is probably the worst president in my lifetime. I've had some bad ones. Jimmy Carter, Barack Obama. But he takes the cake. This guy is he's purposely... I think trying to ruin the country. And I you know, it pains me to say that about an American president. I don't know who's who he's playing for, what side he's on here. You know, when I first heard this this story and I heard who uh was involved in the swap, who they who we're getting for Griner, I'm saying to myself, this is this is unbelievable. If Brittany Griner were a white, straight male, there wouldn't be a trade. And there wouldn't be a clamor for a trade either. But she's a homosexual, female, uh, biracial basketball player. So now it's big news. Oh, Biden swaps, uh, you know, some uh, merchant of death for Brittany Griner. Is, why was it so important for her to be back on, on American soil? She broke the laws in Russia. I guess she got some drug charge against her and she was convicted or whatever. And she, you know, it, it's unduly harsh to be sure. But Russia's laws are not America's laws. If you're in a, in a host country, in another country, you have to abide by their laws. She didn't, and she paid the price. But there's a big swap, and now Biden's trying to curry favor with the, the black community. And that's all this is about. This is everything that uh, Biden does, or most politicians, not all. I don't think Trump was that way. If he was, he was less so than most politicians. Everything they do is to make sure they get reelected. Or in Biden's case, make sure that Democrats get reelected, because I don't think he's going to run again. If he does, I don't think he'll make it, frankly, the 2024. But he you know, went through with this trade. This, this guy is one of the worst terrorists out there. We send him to Russia. They send us Brittany Griner. Now, NBC reported, like I say, and when I first heard this, I'm saying, if Griner were, were a, a white male, a straight white male, there'd be no story there. And there'd be no trade. But you can't say that. I did see something on, I think it was Instagram. My wife sent me something from David Harris, who's a, a conservative biracial man. He has a, a huge following online. And he said the same thing, basically, I just said. I'm thinking, obviously, somebody else thinks the way I do. I don't know if that's a good good thing or not. But NBC has this habit of distorting and, and fabricating stories so they align with the radical woke agenda. They claimed that President Biden had to choose between Brittany Griner or Paul Whelan. Andrea Mitchell of NBC. I don't know why anybody would watch NBC or CBS or ABC. Now, this Andrea Mitchell's been around forever. She's older than dirt. She's been reporting for over a half century. She was involved in a published story that contained the line, quote, I'm reading here from a piece from, I think, townhall.com. She she reported, quote, the Kremlin gave the White House the choice of either Griner or Whelan, or none, stating that a senior U.S. official provided this information to her. So NBC had to offer a correction to the piece because that was obviously not the case. The article was edited to read, the Kremlin ultimately gave the White House the choice of Griner or no one after different options were proposed. And you know, NBC, to its credit, you know, they acknowledged their mistake but I mean, it, you can't watch TV news. I, you know, the three major networks, and you have to, you know, throw in PBS and and CNN and MSNBC. It's fake. 
to use uh, Trump's line. It's fake news. And this isn't the first time NBC has done this. On to the, uh, the culture wars. Now, this Katanji Jackson, who is the newest member of the U.S. Supreme Court, is uh, a hard-left radical. And she is busily working for the uh, the socialist left in this country. I don't know her, her credentials. I guess she went to Harvard. I guess she, at least on paper, has all the uh, requisite uh, qualifications. But, I mean, here's, here's how she thinks here. It was a busy week, too, for the U.S. Supreme Court last week, as it had to listen to arguments regarding a case about a web designer who doesn't want to create wedding websites for homosexual couples. I wrote a column about that. It's up on the uh, the BMG network under the PAC perspective. It's all part of the same, the, the culture wars in which we are engaged. But there is, and I'm going to read you something that, uh, that Katanji Jackson said about the movie It's a Wonderful Life. She claimed that It's a Wonderful Life is somehow uh, about white supremacy. I'm thinking, I had to read the story. Maybe you won't get the same from this. Katanji Jackson, who doesn't even know what a woman is, as you recall, one of the uh, Republican senators asked her, asked her to define a woman, and she couldn't or wouldn't. But anyway, uh, that was then, this is now. I want to do video depictions of It's a Wonderful Life, said Jackson. And uh, knowing that, that movie very well, I want to be authentic. And so only white children and families can be customers for that particular product. Everybody else can. I'll give to everybody else. I'll sell them Anything they want, just not the It's a Wonderful Life depictions. This is what Jackson said. I'm expressing something, right? For the purposes of that speech, I can say anti-discrimination laws can't make me sell It's a Wonderful Life packages to non-white individuals. This business wants to express, I'm still quoting, wants to express its own view of nostalgia about Christmas's past by reproducing classic 1940s and 50s Santa scenes. They do it in a sepia tone, and they are customizing each one. This again, according to Jackson. Now, how does someone with this kind of worldview get nominated to the, the, the highest court in the land? We all know that it's not about white supremacy, but, you know, this, these are the people that are in positions of authority. And this woman now, she, I think she's in her 40s, not very old. She's going to be on the high court, barring any uh, unforeseen uh, circumstances or illness, probably 30 or 35 years or maybe longer. So, I mean, uh, obviously, Joe Biden is not a good judge of character. On to Carrie Lake. She's filed a, filed a lawsuit uh, against uh, Maricopa County, I guess. And I don't have this lawsuit in front of me, but she is uh, not giving up. Uh, she said 32% of the tabulation machines in Arizona failed statewide on Election Day. Now, she's a former TV news anchor, Carrie Lake, a Republican. And, you know, her opponent, Katie Hobbs, would not debate her. And uh, for, you know, that's the new thing now. Democrats shun debates because they're afraid. They have nothing on which to debate. Anyway, in a tweet posted Friday of last week, Lake lamented a judge appointed by former President Obama for sanctioning her legal team after they filed a lawsuit in June forecasting problematic tabulation machines ahead of the election. So Lake wrote, in June, I sued over the use of tabulators in my election. I alleged these machines were prone to failure. This suit, again, suit dismissed by an Obama-appointed judge, was dismissed for standing. Now, she claims, uh, Lake, on Election Day, 32% of the machines failed statewide. 
In addition to the statewide election issues, separate reporting found nearly half of all printing and tabulation machines in the state's most heavily populated county of Maricopa experienced quote-unquote issues on Election Day. Of course, she's gone over this. We've mentioned this several times. That resulted in long lines, extended waiting hours, three, four hours and beyond. Some people had to wait. Well, a lot of people didn't wait that long. And that was the point, according to Lake. So election integrity advocates have pointed out that these discrepancies caused Republican voters who overwhelmingly vote on Election Day, as we all should, if, if possible, to be disenfranchised. Maricopa's election malfeasance prompted other counties, according to uh, Lake, such as Mojave, to withhold the certification of the election results. Now, the Arizona Secretary of State is now the uh, governor-elect, Katie Hobbs. who ha- She also happened to be Lake's opponent. She's overseeing the election in Arizona, as we talk about a conflict of interest. She's used her office to threaten severe criminal referrals, and legal action against any counties that do not certify her as the winner. Talk about Soviet-style tactics. Two members of the Mojave County Board stated they they feel as though they are uh, voting to certify the election results under duress. And I saw one gentleman who said that. I feel like I'm being forced here under threat of imprisonment if I don't. This is unbelievable. New polling conducted by Rasmussen finds that even a majority of Democrats in Arizona agree that the state's election was grossly mismanaged to the disadvantage of the opposing political party, in this case, the Republican Party, and uh, Carrie Lake. Rasmussen's Mark Mitchell, during an appearance on Real America's Voice, said that we have 69% of Democrats, 35% strongly agreeing with Lake that voters in Arizona were denied their sacred right to vote. So what's going to be done about it? Again, Lake has filed another uh, lawsuit. But I'm, I'm betting nine to five, and I'm not a betting man, but nothing's going to happen because nothing ever happens. Democrats cheat continually, and they, they break laws, and they, they commit all kinds of, at least, uh, if not um, illegalities in many cases, certainly uh, the appearance of illegality. Hillary Clinton, the Clintons have had a career of corruption. They've never served a day in jail. No charges, no formal charges ever. Nothing ever happens to these people. One final story here. A judge has ordered a flight attendant who was fired for her pro-life views reinstated. This is in World Net Daily. Bob Unruh wrote the piece. A federal judge has ordered Southwest Airlines to reinstate a flight attendant who was fired because she's pro-life. And he also affirmed some $800,000 in damages against the airline and its employee union. A jury earlier Settled on a $5.1 million payment, but that was more than the statutes allow in such cases. So this was originally in Lifestyle or LifeSite News. This was originally in Life News, and it said the case involves 56-year-old Charlene Carter of Aurora, Colorado. She worked for Southwest for 21 years, but five years ago she was fired after sharing her pro-life beliefs on Facebook and speaking out against the Transportation Workers Union of America. Local 556. The union had been caught spending members' dues on pro-abortion activities. That's okay. That's okay, but you can't, you know, mention your pro-life views. But the union for which your, your, your dues are taken from you, forcibly in many cases, are giving money to, to pro-abortion activities. This is unbelievable. The judge said, no, she's getting reinstated and $800,000, too, in damages to boot. 
take that with you. That's about all we have time for. One sporting uh, story here. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Aaron Judge settled on a, a contract with the New York Yankees. So there were reports of him maybe going to uh, Seattle. Uh, he was looking around. He was a free agent. The Yankees signed him to a nine-year contract for, I think, $360 million. So he'll be staying in the Bronx, wearing the pinstripes until he's 39 years of age. And I hope it works out for the Yankees. They signed uh, A-Rod to a long-term contract. That didn't work out so well for the Yankees. Worked out okay for A-Rod. But uh, Aaron Judge, last year, 62 home runs, broke the season, uh, single-season home run record. you got to throw out McGuire and Sammy Sosa. They were on, on steroids. And uh, broke Roger Maris's record, did uh, Judge. So he's 30, got started late. He's in, I think, his fifth year. And he's going to be staying a Yankee, and that's good news. And that's about all we have time for. Thanks very much, folks, for tuning us in. If you like what you heard, by all means, hit like, hit subscribe, and hit share. And uh, you can share with your friends and uh, and other people on Facebook or on any other social media uh, avenue. We appreciate your listenership. It means a great deal. And uh, check out all the fine programming we have for you on the BMG Network. Go to the bmgnetwork.com. My daughter, Madeline, I got to brag on her. She is finishing up her, uh, well, not her second year, but she's halfway through her sophomore year at SUNY Albany, and she's uh, unbelievable. Her grades are a straight-A student, um, and she has a podcast here she does for us at least, for the uh, site, I should say, once a week. It's called The Essentials with Maddie Flint, and that's up there. Some other fine shows as well. Check them out. If you want to contact me directly, it is the Pac-Man, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.